This week, our scriptures are, we're still in the Sermon on the Mount. I know we've been in this for a long time now. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty long sermon of Jesus, a wonderful sermon. We are learning so much uh, about his teachings. Um, I know for my own self, I feel like, uh, I feel like I've grown and I feel like I've uh, had so much to think about. And um, just, just so much to think about and, and um, letting the word sink in and change me and just getting to know Jesus better. Just, it's been amazing. Today, we're in Matthew chapter 7, and we are in verses 13 through 20. Matthew 7, verses 13 through 20. Got that? So you can open up in your Bibles to that. Let's give it a read through, and then we'll talk. <clears throat> okay. And remember, this is Jesus' sermon here, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus talking. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are a few who find it. Beware, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Okay. Let me just tell you a little story first to open this up. And it's this, that um, when I was in university, I studied literature. And I remember we had a teacher. She was herself Eastern European, and she was teaching uh, Eastern European literature. I cannot remember the book we were reading. But I just remember that the theme and the themes of quite a number of, of the books were um, very dark and um, very hopeless. Hopelessness was, was one of the themes um, that we were learning about. And... and um, and lostness, being lost in life and, and being hopeless. And I remember she just stopped. I couldn't quote her exactly, but it was something to the effect of this. And out of the blue, she picked on Christians. <laughs> um, I don't know why, I, maybe because I was there, I don't know. I kept quiet in class a lot, but she said this. She said, you know, isn't it really sad that, um, that you know, Christians have a savior and all their answers are in Jesus. Everything. They want peace. They want joy. They want hope. It's all in one place, in Jesus. And I was waiting for the, for the, the negative, because she was definitely making a negative reference here. And, she, and, and I'm waiting. I'm like, and why is that bad? And basically what she was saying was, isn't it sad that those people, those very narrow-minded people, you know, that they seem to have all the answers to life, as if being lost and hopeless and, and, and having no hope in life, not knowing your purpose in life, was a good thing. Like, it's sort of like that, that, that statement that says, all who wander are not lost. I mean, she was thinking, well, isn't that wonderful to just be lost in life? And I'm just thinking, 
No, it's horrible. And I'm so grateful to be a Christian. And I'm so grateful that I have this narrow-minded way of thinking, if that's what you want to call it in a negative sense, because you're going to see in a minute that what this professor was trying to point out as negative to Jesus is a positive thing and to his followers is a positive thing. That all of our hope and all of our peace and all of our joy can be found in one place. And, and to me, that's amazing because it's the simplicity of the gospel that Jesus saves and has saved us through his very beautiful, wonderful, selfless sacrifice of his perfect life for our very imperfect and sinful lives. Okay, so that takes me to our scripture today, the first part of that scripture, which would be Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14. Enter, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is, is the, the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by, who go by in it. In, who, go in, who go in by it. Sorry, this is the New King James Version, you know, this kind of these and those. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. Let's talk about these two very loaded uh, words of Jesus first. Okay, now first of all, you got to know what's happening here. We're nearing the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has been speaking in this whole sermon um, to his followers. So the, this is not a, um, a sermon to the ungodly on how to... Uh, get saved. It is actually to his followers, to ones who are are the godly ones. And he's saying, this is what the character of one of my followers will look like. So it's not a sermon aimed at the ungodly um, on how you can be right with God. He's telling the godly what a citizen of the kingdom of, of heaven, what your character is to be like. You know, and he's pointing that out. Um, and let us just point out from the very beginning, right here, we're, that we know, we've talked about this extensively, that salvation does not come by what we do. You can't be good enough. You can't act good enough. You can't do so many good acts that now you have earned your salvation. No, because the scripture tells us that we can't earn our salvation and that nothing we do in and of ourselves is, is going to be good enough to make us right with God. Um, that our goodness, our, our good works, the Bible says, are as filthy rags before God. I mean, even our good works are tainted um, and not good enough to save us. Our salvation as Christians is a free gift from God. Um, and I'll read Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you are saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not from works so that no one can boast. It's a gift. It's free. That's where our salvation comes. So you need to know that Jesus is not preaching about how you can be good enough to get right with God. That's not what the Sermon on the Mount is talking about. The Sermon on the Mount is saying, if you are one who is godly, who is a follower of Christ, this is what your character is going to look like because of all the work that God did inside of you. This is what your life's going to be like. So it's, it's, it's the actions and the attitudes of one who is already saved. And this is what your character is going to look like if you are one. This is not what saves you. You do this because you're already saved. And these are the good works that God saved you unto. 
Okay, so in this sermon, super quick recap. Um, it's the character of a kingdom citizen he's talking about, as opposed to a citizen of this world on its own, right? So he starts out by giving us the Beatitudes. Um, and, and he's telling us how we can have a blessed life. There were certain things he said, being poor in spirit, mourning over our sins, certain things like that. Um, then he goes on to tell us that the world's not going to love us for living a godly life um, and that we are going to be persecuted. We can expect persecution. And he actually said to wear it as a badge of like honor to, to bear that name of Jesus and to stand up for that name and take abuse for it even. Okay. He told us that living the life of a citizen of the kingdom of heaven right here on earth meant that we have... Um, that we have a higher standard of righteousness than religious hypocrites. Uh, and he was talking specifically of the Pharisees of his day, who they seemed to be doing the right things and following the law on the outside. But um, on the inside, they weren't doing these things from a right heart of devotion for God. So, you know, he was saying it's not enough to just follow laws. Laws don't save you, you know, that we need a heart that loves God, that actually we need to have our whole nature changed by our heart being renewed, by God giving us a new heart. That is the only way that we are going to be able to live out this life that God has called us to. And that's what he's talking about here, that we have a higher standard. It's the work that God's done in our heart. And from that good work he's done in our heart, giving us salvation, making it a brand new, soft, devoted, loving heart to God that it's going to overflow into all the other areas of our life. <clears throat> and that, yes, for living out of that new life. It's not enough to just do good, but we have to have a new nature, which is the nature of Christ inside of us, a new heart. And we go to Ezekiel 36, 26, which is the scripture where God promised in the Old Testament that that's what he was going to do. And he did it through Jesus. And it's this, and I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. He was going to give us a whole new nature. Like the scripture says that he makes us a new creature in Christ. And where does he start with doing that? The heart, because that's that's where the our life pours out from our heart. Now Jesus is going to present his listeners with two pathways. That's what we're going to talk about today, and there are only two. And this is consistent throughout Scripture, including in the Old Testament. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna expound on that a little bit. Uh, when I say that, I mean like let's go look back at Moses when Moses was addressing the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy. Um, and, he, and he had put before them the whole law. And then he says, um, you have to, to choose now. You have to choose to follow after God and obey him. Or you have to choose not to follow after God and to disobey him. Those are the two pathways. Those are the two choices. And that is it. There's no middle ground. You're either a follower of God or you are not a follower of God. And this is what he says in Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 through 18. Today, I am giving you a choice. You can choose life and success or death and disaster. Hmm. I am commanding you to be loyal to the Lord, to live the way he has told you, and to obey his laws and teachings. You are about to cross the Jordan River and take the land that he's giving you. 
If you obey him, you will live and become successful and powerful. Likewise, if you don't, then you will not be successful. So that was Moses putting before him, um, the children of Israel the two pathways that they have to choose from. Nobody's being forced. They can choose. Okay, so then his um, successor, Joshua, again, when it was his turn and he was addressing the people with two choices, again, with two different outcomes. He was, he was saying, you either choose to serve God, which will bring favor or reject him and you will bring disaster to your lives. This is what he says. And this is in Joshua uh, chapter 24, verses 14 through 15. This is what he says when he's addressing the people. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. He's imploring that they make the right choice. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. These are the two choices. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, that's so you can serve some false gods if you want some idols. Um, you, it's up to you. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He's saying, I don't know about you. He said, you can choose, choose the pathway that does not lead to life, the pathway that, that is disaster by choosing to serve idols and not the Lord, or you can serve the Lord. And he's saying, I know what I'm going to choose. Me and my family, we are going to serve the Lord. And, you know, even in the Proverbs, we know the Proverbs speak of wisdom, don't they? Um, the scripture in Proverbs 4.27, again, implies that um, the pathway of wisdom is a narrow pathway. And it's this, do not, this is uh, Proverbs 4.27, do not turn to the right or to the left, remove your feet from evil. And what that implies, that scripture, is it's a narrow walkway wisdom. The minute you get off the walkway, just by turning right or turning left, that you're not on the pathway to wisdom anymore. It is being implied that it is straight and narrow. Okay, and again, that's two choices. You're either on the pathway or you've turned off the pathway. Okay, that's again, serving God or not serving God. You're either on the pathway of wisdom or you're on the pathway of foolishness. That's the, the opposite of wisdom, isn't it? Just like life and death are opposites, you know? Uh, so are wisdom and foolishness. And we get to choose which pathway that we want to be on. Okay, so today's scriptures, Jesus is telling us there are two pathways. That is it, okay? Now, remember who Jesus is. He is part of the Trinity, the, 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 uh, one of the, the three, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He's the Son, isn't he? All three are God. So Jesus is God. And one of the banners over his life that was prophesied was he was Emmanuel, God with us. God with us comes down from heaven in his earth suit as, as the sun. And he gives a sermon and he just tells you like it is. Okay. This isn't just a prophet. Okay. This isn't, oh, and you know, I'm, I'm telling you what a very good prophet said or a very wise man or a really good poet. This is God incarnate come to the earth and says, listen, humanity, you have two 
choices. And that is it. And we are fooled if we think there are any more. You either choose God or you choose not God. You either choose wisdom or you choose foolishness. You either choose life or you choose death. There's only ever two roads, the narrow road, which leads to life, or the broad road, which leads to destruction, okay? Only two, only two roads, according to Jesus. Okay, so like I said, the narrow road, which this scripture says is the more difficult pathway. He also says it's the better choice because the destination is life. Or there's the broad road. Broad means wide, big. It's the easier pathway. Oh my goodness, easy. Um, he says also, it's not a good choice because why? The destination is destruction. Jesus tells us very clearly in the gospels that he, he is the narrow pathway. He's that pathway. He is the narrow pathway that leads to life. The only pathway that leads to life. Let me read you a scripture. This is, um, the words of Jesus again, but this is in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 7 through 10. Okay, this is what Jesus said about himself. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. He says it again. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He says he is the door that leads to life and abundance, okay? He also said this in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, and he says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is just telling it like it is. God came down and he's telling all of humanity, you want life? You want the road that leads to life and not destruction? I'm it. I'm the door. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Not I am a door. You could choose me. You know, I am a truth. I am one of many um, ways, you know, I, I am, you know, I am life, but yeah, there's lots of different ways to have life. No, he said, I am the way, the only way. Uh, I am the truth. That means all truth is in him. And anything that is, uh, that, that says it isn't, is a lie. That says he isn't truth is a lie. And that he is the life. You know, he is it. He's not one way to eternal life. He is the way. So Jesus made no bones about it. He's saying, I am that narrow road. I am that very singular thin road that is wisdom. Okay. I am the one that leads to life. Uh, okay. Now the reason the narrow way is called the narrow way, we know narrow to be small and tight, right? Is because there's no room for anything else or anyone else through the door except Jesus. 
on this pathway. You can't bring everything with you on this narrow pathway. When you choose Jesus, you choose obedience to him. This path, Jesus says it, is difficult. He says, this isn't the easy path. This is the difficult path, but it leads to life. Because the world, the reason why it's the difficult path, and he calls us to walk it, is that the world doesn't want the truth. Um, They don't want to know that there's only one way, that there's only one road. The world finds that too restrictive, too narrow. Um, And they find it quite offensive, actually. But Jesus came and said, you know, blessed are you when you're not offended by me. He's trying, he's not trying to say, he's just outright saying it. He's saying, when you hear the truth, and I'm telling you the truth, and when you believe it, and you're not offended by it, and you go away, and and you're offended by what is real and what is truth, that you are going to be super blessed. But if you walk away offended, that you can't accept that that's, you know, how dare he say he's the way. Well, that, that's terrible. When you're offended, you are not blessed when you're offended by that word. Um, and when we choose this narrow and offensive way to the world, we're not going to be celebrated. He already told us earlier in the Sermon on the Mount that we will be persecuted, not celebrated for choosing Jesus. Um, but there is life at the end of this pathway. Um, and you know, as Christians... Uh, we're not we're not silly people that you know I just love restriction I just love putting you know I love self-abasement I love you know I just love to deny my flesh no actually I hate it okay uh, my I still live in a body that still wants what it wants um, and I don't choose the narrow path um, because I just love it I just love restriction I choose the narrow path because of the end result because it leads to life and I, that's what I want. You know, I've got my eye on the prize. I want life at the end of this. I don't want to be on a road where I'm happy, happy-go-lucky and living my best life now when, when I get to the end of my destination is destruction, okay? Um, this path's also, the narrow path is also the difficult path uh, because Jesus asks things of us, of believers, of, of his followers, that are not easy. He asks things of us, like loving our enemies. That's hard. Um, living humbly and not prideful before God. That's not easy. Um, seeking God's kingdom. You know how hard that is in a life where um, it's, it's trying to shroud God's kingdom um, in, in everything that we see around us, in, in the messages that this world sends us that are so sensual and so, oh, um, you know, telling us that, um, you know, live your, you know, live for now. This is all you've got. Um, you know, life short and, and live it up, you know, and every advertisement and everything just appeals to how we feel in this natural life. It is hard to seek God's kingdom. And yet, just previously, we just spoke about this in, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, where he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus said that. That's hard. These are hard things he asks for us. And this is why the narrow road is a difficult path. Ah, but we have been promised the Holy Spirit. 
to help us on this narrow path. We're not alone on this narrow path. We have his help to do it. Actually, I don't think we can do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. You see, the, help, the Holy Spirit was promised to us by Jesus. And in the scriptures, in the New Testament, he is called our advocate, our helper, and our counselor. He, does, he gives us um, power. Uh, power to do what? Power to be a witness for Christ, to live out our life. For Christ, the way Christ asked us to live it out, to be obedient to him, to do all these things that are just so hard and so impossible. And so I can't do it. You know what? Best thing to say is, you know what? I can't do it. But I am going to rely on the Holy Spirit who he gave me on this narrow pathway, which is difficult. Jesus said it. And with his help, with his Holy Spirit, I can do it. And that's why the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because he gives us help to live out the life he's called us to live. To walk on that straight and narrow. We can do it because of the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Okay. Um, and Jesus replied. Um, I'm going to read this to you. Sorry. I'm, I'm reading a scripture from John 14, 23. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. You see, if you're on this narrow pathway, he asks you to be obedient to him. He says, if you love me, your obedience will show that. All right. We do. We are obedient because we love him and our obedience is proof that we love him. But how are we obedient to these difficult things he asks of us? Loving our, our, um, loving our neighbors and even our enemies and, and, and forgiving. How can we do these things? Help of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, and he, Jesus says, he himself is that pathway, the only pathway that leads to life. Okay, now let's talk about the broad highway, the broad way. Um, the reason why the broad way is so wide is because the person who chooses to travel the broad pathway can bring whatever they want on this pathway. You can bring it all. You can bring everything. You can bring all your idols and everything you desire to worship. You can bring your money. You can worship it. You can build a shrine to it. You can bring everything in this life that you want to bring. You can bring every habit, everything that the Bible says God doesn't love and God doesn't want us to participate in. Um, every behavior, everything. Bring it all on the, high, on, on the broad highway. You can bring your selfishness. Ooh, you can be as selfish as you like. Um, you can bring everything that makes your flesh feel good and wonderful and pampered. Um, you can bring disobedience. You don't have to listen to one thing that Jesus says. You don't have to bring any faith at all. None. As a matter of fact, that's probably better on this pathway because it's really not going to work. A life of um, faith is not going to work on the broad highway. It just isn't going to work. Basically, you can bring whatever you fancy on this road. Um, you don't, all of it, bring it all. Um, and you know what? It's the one that the whole big crowd is on. You know, when you say, well, everybody's doing it. 
I might as well just do it too, even though it's contrary to the word of God, even though God does not look favorable upon that and he has said no to that. Well, everybody's doing it. Why can't I do it? Well, you know, this is the scary part of what Jesus said is that um, it says the narrow pathway, few find it. There's not a lot of people on that pathway. It's, it's a lot fewer. And that the broad highway is littered with people. There are so many on this broad highway that leads to destruction. Jesus, God with us, comes, gives us a sermon, says there are two roads. At the end of these two roads are different things. The narrow road is life. The broad highway where you can bring everything else, you know, not Jesus and everything else, destruction. And then he puts it in our hands and says, you choose. Do you really want to choose the way that, well, everybody's doing it? Because Jesus just told you this piece of wisdom. He said, yeah, there are a lot of people on that road and everybody's doing it. But you want to know something? It leads to destruction. Okay? We do not want to be on that road. So I think I've talked about these two pathways that Jesus, because he's just preached this whole sermon of all these difficult things that, you know, of what the characteristic of, of, of a child of God looks like, right? Of a follower of God, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. But he says then, just like Moses, just like Joshua, and he puts it before the people and he says, now you choose life or death narrow pathway or broad pathway on the narrow pathway mind you it is difficult and you can only bring one thing and that is Jesus and on the other pathway anything goes you know and you get to choose but it will lead to destruction okay next set of uh scriptures that he talks about because he goes right from that into saying choose your pathway into talking about false prophets let's read that Let's read that part of it. Okay. Um, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Uh, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So here he is talking about false teachers. Where am I? Okay. Yeah, he's talking about false teachers, false prophets. Okay. And what he's telling us is be alert because there's going to be people who bring messages that are going to be so enticing, um, but they're going to be contrary to the scriptures. They're going to be contrary to his teachings. Um, and that's what he's telling us right here. Um, but he's saying, be alert and that you're going to recognize these false prophets, these false teachers by their fruit, by the fruit of their lives. Now, I'm going to read this scripture from 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. Listen to this. Scary stuff, all right? For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? Everything that Jesus teaches is sound doctrine. Everything that the scripture advocates is sound doctrine. 
Um, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Okay, so there are going to be people who are Christians, who teachers will, will Jesus said this is going to happen. They'll come into their lives with these teachings that, okay, it's a little different than what Jesus said. It's a little different than what the Apostle Paul said and what um, the other writers have said of the scriptures. But boy, I like what they're saying. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. And um, it makes me not think about what's at the end of that broad uh, highway that says leads to destruction. I like what the, that, that teacher says. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with what that teacher says. Jesus is saying, after he talks about these two, uh, high, these two highways you can choose, the narrow way or the broad way, saying, now beware of false teachers who are going to come. And they're going to tell you things that you want to hear because they make you feel good. They scratch a little itch that's going on on, on your ears there. But they're going to not be what I'm teaching. Okay, and let me tell you right now that this exists today. It probably existed in these times as well and all throughout um, the times of, of, of the, the apostles and everything. They spoke of these kinds of people who they want to preach a gospel that is not true to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's people out there today who are preaching, even though Jesus spoke of heaven and hell, that they're saying, there's no hell. Jesus wasn't saying that. There's no hell. Just forget that. That actually Jesus, well, you know, he didn't really die. Or Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. It's all symbolic and it didn't really happen. And actually, Jesus is saying that we're all good and we're all okay. And don't worry about it. And you don't need to choose him. You can choose whatever makes you feel good. Because what makes you feel good is good enough. This is a doctrine that exists today, and that is one of these false teachings. One of, and there, there are going to be others, but this is something good, and I got this. Jesus said you're going to know them by their fruit, right? So that's by looking at these false teachers and false prophets' lives and the things they say when they don't line up with the word of God, or you see things in their lives that, hmm, that's not, that's not godly. You know, I read an article, uh, by a website called Got Questions, and it had these three good questions to ask when you believe that someone is a false prophet or a false teacher, okay? It's from an article by Got Questions, and it's three questions to consider. They were so good that I'm using them straight from that website, so these are taken right from Got Questions. Okay, first of all, what does that teacher say about Jesus? So what are they saying about Jesus? Are they saying what the scripture says about Jesus? Remember Jesus said to Peter, Peter said, who, who do you say that I am? And Peter piped up with this answer and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, bingo, that's who I am. If anyone comes and they say that Jesus is anything but the Christ, the son of the living God, well, Okay, false teacher. They're not saying that Jesus is those things or if they're saying anything contrary. Um, number two question. 
Does this teacher preach the gospel? Okay, and the gospel is defined as the good news concerning Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection according to the scriptures. Are they preaching the, the gospel according to the scriptures, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection as it happened in the scriptures? If they are not, and they're saying, oh, it's just a symbol, it doesn't mean that, there was no resurrection, false teacher. The fruit of their lips is telling you that they are a false teacher. Uh, and it doesn't line up with the word of God. Okay, third question. Does this teacher exhibit character qualities that glorify the Lord? Does this person come and are they, um, they do they have fruit in their lives that's weird? That's just unscriptural? Um, uh, I mean, just are they uh, money hungry? Um, is everything to them about money? And somehow in everything they're talking about, it's all seeming to be money. Um, well, that's not Jesus, is it? Jesus didn't come saying it's all about money and what you can get from preaching the gospel. No, 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 no. Uh, he says we are to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him. So it's not all about what we get. Actually, it's about what we die to, you know? That's what, what being a, a Christian is talking about. So do they exhibit character qualities that gl glorify the Lord? If they are not exhibiting character qualities that glorify the Lord, question whether they are a false prophet, a false teacher, okay? Because you don't want to, Jesus said, be alert. How else are you going to be alert than if you're watching, you're taking note, and you're comparing it to what Jesus said, what the writers of the scriptures have said. If it is contrary to anything in the scripture, it is a false teaching, okay? And they are a false teacher, a false prophet. Okay, I'm going to read this quote from Got Questions. I thought it was great. And it quotes, and they are quoting the scriptures here. And it says, Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And that's 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And his ministers, Satan's ministers, masquerade as servants of righteousness. Hey, these teachers may be wonderful and saying such nice things. You know, Jesus came and he spoke of things that weren't so nice. He spoke of judgment. He spoke of... Um, uh, he spoke of hell a lot. Did you know he spoke of hell more than he spoke of heaven? Um, he, Jesus came and he said some things that were not nice, but they were truth. Okay. So Satan masquerades as an angel of light and his ministers masquerade as servants of righteousness. Uh, but you have to listen to what are they saying? Is it righteousness as Jesus puts forth what righteousness is? Um, and you want to know something? The only way we are going to know if it lines up with the scriptures is if we know the scriptures. You will know the counterfeit by knowing the real deal. And the real deal is what is in the scriptures is, is you cannot deviate from what the Bible says. And if it deviates from what the Bible says and you know the scriptures, then you are going to be able to pick out the counterfeit. And you're going to say, not for me. Not for me and for mine. No, thank you. That's a false teaching. That's a false doctrine. And I reject it because I only want the way, the truth, and the life as Jesus put forth and as the writers of the scriptures have put forth. Okay. Uh, so in other words, know the word. And if you know what it says, you're not going to be fooled by what's false. 
Okay. Um, hey, I think that we are done today. So we talked about the narrow way. We talked about the wide way. Jesus says, listen, it's your choice, but the better choice is the narrow way. Harder, yes. More difficult, yes. But you've got a helper and you can do this with the help of the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't call you to do something you cannot do that he didn't enable you to do. And by his spirit, his Holy Spirit, he has enabled you to live the life that is on the narrow pathway. So don't choose the broad pathway. The other thing is don't let anyone lie to you and bring you things from the scriptures that are not in the scriptures and say, isn't this a lovely doctrine? Isn't this a lovely new, you know, somebody said this and they, um, and uh, I heard a preacher say this, that if it's a new thing that they um, have just discovered, you know, uh, a new doctrine, it probably should be looked at through the lens of the scriptures because there shouldn't be anything new. It's all in the Bible and it's been there for a very, very long time, 2000 years and you know, it should not be changed. Um, there shouldn't be anything, ooh, this new thing that, you know, hmm, that's weird. Um, and uh, yeah, so just beware and be alert, like Jesus said. Anyway, have a wonderful week. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. Bye.